Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sister. Katie will be here shortly, uh, but I did want to get started because I see that many of you are already in our chat since we did schedule this, so it's nice to have you all here. I know Stephanie was really proud of herself for being first tonight, so congratulations, Stephanie. Way to go. Hey, Patsy. Hey, Jacqueline. Excited to have you all here, innocuous. Hello, hello, hello. I hope you have all had a voluminous day. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you should watch our live stream from earlier because <laughs> Chad Debo was in court today. Well, he wasn't actually in court. His attorney was in court with Lindsay Blake, who is the Fremont County prosecutor. And they set his trial dates, which I got to tell you, I was so surprised when they set his trial dates in this year because it's only June and they have set his trial date for November 8th, which I thought was so crazy. But for some reason, the word voluminous became this weird like epidemic and both attorneys just kept saying there is a voluminous amount of evidence in this case. Yes, you are right. There is a voluminous uh, uh, amount of evidence in this case. And by the way, there is a voluminous amount of evidence in this case. And voluminous, voluminous, voluminous. They said it like six or seven times in this brief hearing, which I have to say was hilarious. We got a big kick out of it. You may note that the uh, the postcard, Katie made the graphic for that show, and it is a picture of John Pryor uh, looking rather voluminous. So I don't know. It was so funny. I, You know how sometimes a word, just people just pick it up and then they can't stop? I bet they both later were like, why do we keep saying voluminous? Like, why did I keep saying that? Like, it was so funny. So anyway, that happened earlier today. Hello, Cami and Bianca and Jr. Nice to have you here. So if you haven't uh, watched that show, please go and watch it because it, we just had a really good time. But I, I, I do really hope that your day has been very, very voluminous. So as I said, Chad's hearings, uh, court date for his uh, trial. December or November 8th through December 17th. Uh, they want five to six weeks for this trial, you guys. Can you imagine what that means about how much evidence they have to present that it is weeks and weeks long? So I don't know how we are going to handle that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that we'll live stream the whole thing because that is crazy. So I don't know. We will. We shall see. Um, so there were a few other things that happened. So you know that last week we talked a bit about Mark Means, and this is Lori Vallow's attorney. And oh, my hair looks voluminous. Thank you. I I, I was going for voluminous today. Uh, but we were talking about how Mark Means, Lori's Lori Vallow's attorney in the Daybell Vallow case had filed this ridiculous brief about how he wanted like to be basically in charge of Lori while in the hospital. 
because Lori has been committed to the state of Idaho and he wanted to be notified of all changes in therapy and medication and medical treatment. And he wanted to hear that or all before it was even done, which is crazy. Um, Cammy, you can probably come here for the live stream. We will probably have it up. We just probably won't be in it the whole time because it's going to be so long, but we will stream it so that you all can see it, make it easy for you. So, um, I just meant we probably won't be here the whole time giving commentary because holy crap, that's a lot. Uh, but anyway, so now means, you know, and the prosecutor came back publicly and said, this is ridiculous. And we're not psychiatrists and you can't do this. And this is none of your beeswax. So let me read. This is just more about discovery and wanting all of that stuff that he asked for. But this, here's the thing that kills me about Mark Means. Okay. We all know the dude can barely spell and maybe has an attorney's uh, license, right? But this is how he starts his uh, filings with the court. Comes now defendant Lori Vallow Daybell by and through her attorney of record, Mark L. Means of Means Law Office, PLLC, and pursuant to Idaho Criminal Rule 16, discovery and inspection subsection F, and move this court for an order compelling and granting sanctions. Here we are. Sanctions against the state to provide full and complete responses to said defendant's specific request of discovery pursuant to Idaho criminal rule, blah, 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 blah. So this is more of that Mark means saying that um, the prosecutor is picking on him and he wants sanctions. Like, what? This guy doesn't do anything, first of all. Second of all, Lori is actually in, you know, the award of the state. Sorry, I just realized my microphone was not next to my face, so I moved it. So I, I hope if you were having trouble hearing me, now you can hear me. And Katie's joining us. Hello. We cannot hear you, unfortunately. So, Oh, is that better? There. Yes, that is. Okay. And then my mic was turned off. So I guess that, that's how we are. Sorry, Great. guys. I'm back. I'm here. All right. We were just talking a little bit about the um, the uh, crying note. I mean, you know, the order to compel whatever stupid evidence yeah. uh, wants sanctions that Mark Means has filed against the um, prosecutor's office yet again. All of the gnashing and wailing and whining. Yeah. And to what end? I, I totally don't know. Like, first of all, his client is on a uh, right now he's the last right. guy that should be screaming for stuff right but additionally he was told when that info was coming now prior yeah. didn't love it either you know prior didn't love mm -hmm. it either he was more professional about it mm -hmm. but he also was like it's highly unusual you know because it's so july long. 15th right because of the voluminous yeah. amount. We've been having mm -hmm. a lot of fun with voluminous before you got here. Uh, because of the voluminous sure. amount of evidence. Because yeah. this has to do also with all the discovery that came out of the 
grand jury, plus all yeah. the other evidence that they already freaking have right. from the other trials. But there's a lot of kayaking going on, as my dad would have said. Yeah. 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 Wailing and gnashing. Yeah. The whole nine yards. It is so dumb. But it also just, you know, it continues to solidify just what a big baby means is. Right. And, like, maybe he could do something constructive for his client. Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe read all that stuff and see what actual right. evidence there is against him. Exactly. and or against his client. What the hell, you know? It's insane. It is. Oh, innocuous says, I think this is a way for means to keep charging billable hours. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think you've got a point there. Like, he's got to keep himself busy while she's off in the hospital. Now, we have heard, and we don't have confirmation on this, but we have heard that she is in a hospital in Boise, Idaho, which is kind of unusual because... Mm -hmm. According to my health and welfare contact, normally they would go to the state hospital. But this person did say it's possible they moved her away from this area because of for security reasons. And it's possible. But she's five hours away. It's also possible she's not in Boise at all. It Remember did. the bait and switch that they pulled on the press when they brought her into custody in Madison in the first place. Right. They flew her into an airport that they didn't disclose. They put her in the opposite vehicle than they uh, had indicated they were bringing her in, in, and they brought her in a different door than they normally bring suspects in through. Yeah. And lied to the press's faces and told us that this was her coming in in this vehicle, and it wasn't true. So, right. and, and, you know, again, it probably was for her safety. It was shit to pull on the press, to be honest. But it's what happened, and I think it's possible there's a bait and switch going on here, too. There very well could be. Um, it's pretty common that she would go to the state hospital in Blackfoot, Idaho, because the state generally sends people, when they are um, committed to them, to a state facility, because if right. this facility in uh, Boise is not a state facility, which mm -hmm. means the state has to pay for it. So mm -hmm. they generally would want to send them to their own facility. So we'll see. Yeah. But we because don't of HIPAA and other and security concerns, we just might may not know until after she's out of there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we may not. And that's okay. You know, Stephanie says, do these defense attorneys for Chad and Lori think that all of this postponing and complaining is going to get Chad and Lori off from their murder charges? I think it's just all stalling. And they're hoping something will stick, you know? They're constantly accusing the prosecutor of some bullshit. And and so I do think it is storing, mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, just more stalling. And, and yeah, I mean, in the long run, what's their defense for murdering innocent people? Well, they don't have one. Right. So this is all they've got. Fran and Fran says it could be Orfino and it could be Orfino. You're right. Could be Orfino. It's could true. Orfino. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Hey, Eternity. Uh, Cranky Fran, welcome to the live stream. Nice yeah. to have you all here. Uh, why all the stalling? Are they waiting for the world to end? Right. Maybe. Maybe. Or they're just trying to get something to stick like they, you know, mm -hmm. so that they have some kind of leg to stand on in appeals, maybe. Kind of. Well, it's like means constantly with the outrage, you know, mm -hmm. because he just keeps trying to sow threads of doubt into Lori's case that things weren't handled correctly and that the prosecutor right. was 
dirty or incompetent or something. And, you know, is he successful in that? It doesn't really seem like it, but that is the game he's playing. He's trying to continually cast doubt on whether or not this case is being handled correctly. Because it's really all he's got. It is. It's all he's got. And it, it is true that, you know, the, yeah. you know, this is just a game that defense attorneys play. Yeah. Since Lori's, uh, Lori has been found to be broke. Could members of Chad's cult be paying for means? Yeah. I mean, they could. At this point, I feel like the vast majority of them have uh, jumped ship on that situation and may not be putting any money into anything. Um, But it is very possible that there's someone else, Mm -hmm. but she has been ruled indigent. So I don't think so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it will be interesting to see what happens moving forward because prior will most likely file for uh, once he gets a hold of all of the stuff, you know, all of the discovery he's waiting for on the 15th. It won't be long after that, and he will file to have all of these new charges uh, deleted, removed. Why right. can't I say the right word? Uh, <laughs> dismissed. Dismissed. Thank you. He'll he will because this is his job, you know. And he'll say, no, the grand jury didn't really have enough information, and this is, they don't have enough evidence. So no, judge, this is wrong, and the judge will take a look at it. You know, I mean, he will do those things because he can. And because right. it's his job to do so, you know, and everyone will be up in arms and be like, what is he thinking? Well, he's just doing his job. Yeah. Uh, it won't get him anywhere. The judge will look it all over and say, no, it seems like there is adequate, you know, information to move forward. But that'll be his next step. Yep, it will. It will. Yeah. Uh, you know, just in case, just in case. I feel like they're constantly throwing spaghetti at the wall, just trying to, you know, is something going to stick? Yeah. Um, Paula says county jail is more comfortable than state prison, so they want to stay in county as long as possible. Maybe mm-hmm. true. I don't know. Um, well, they're protected. They're protected in county jail, whereas in prison they won't be nearly as protected as they right. Were yeah. Exactly. Yes, and being declared indigent means the state is paying. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true, Jerry. And we, um, you know, Means has been complaining about not getting paid, and we assume that's probably because he hasn't actually followed any of the protocol to get paid. Right. Because uh, there's some rules around that, I'm sure, things that he has to do, and he may have to even mm-hmm. have approval beforehand for things that he bills for and stuff. And and we know this dude, right? Mm-hmm. He's not done any of that stuff. Sure. <laughs> Remember the clear. phone call debacle? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on. Oh, for sure. It's very clear that he will break the rules and then cry about it and cry foul because it's what he does. Right. But the other thing is really interesting to see. I mean, we have a lot of things that we haven't seen yet, but we don't know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Will they combine these cases and Mm -hmm. put them all under the same umbrella? Because now we have two things. I mean, they scheduled that trial to happen in mid-November. Yeah. Well, the trial on all the other charges is in October. So how can they really do that? They won't. They're either going to roll these all together or one of them is going to have to get moved. Right. Are they going to drop the joinder? Right. With, you know, incapacitated currently. We haven't even seen that yet, but maybe. And they only have about 30 more days to decide if they're going to charge Chad and Lori. Well, Lori, they have more time now. But Chad, 
with the death penalty. So there right. is a lot we have not seen. Yeah, there is. There's tons to come. We're going to see lots of that. I really feel like either the charges from the original charges are going to be dropped or rolled into the new charges. Mm-hmm. I really don't think they're going to do two separate trials because it is exactly the same freaking evidence in both trials. Like it, there's no reason for that, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah. 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 Well, they had sent over the defense or sorry, the prosecution has already provided both attorneys, both defendants with 38,000 pages of evidence. Okay. 38,000 pages. So they want it all again, you know, priors asking for it all again. And then all of the new stuff, which is all of the discovery, you know, that is associated with the grand jury. So now they have to tack that to it. So that's 38,000 pages from the, you know, the base and now add all of this to it. I mean, there's probably easily 50,000 pages of discovery for them to go through. So my next question is, when are they going to bring more attorneys on board? Are they really going to do this alone? I know. I keep waiting for that, like that they're going to bring a second in or something. They've got to. I just don't know how they can do this by themselves. And especially means, I mean, come on. He can't. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're having a conversation in the, you know, if they're, if someone is ruled indigent, do they get to choose their attorney? Usually no at the beginning, but because they, he, she already had an attorney. Now keep in mind, Chad has not been ruled indigent. Lori has. Right. Chad has it. So we don't know what that means exactly. Um, other than he still has money somewhere. Um, right. But because Lori already had an attorney and he's already in this, they will let means continue as her attorney because they don't have to start again. Like, like Jerry's saying in the chat. Um, that, you know, they don't want to have to start over. Yeah. So, right. yeah. So she yeah. can keep means they've already indicated that yes, hundred percent that's happening, which why God only knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it, cause it could, it could throw a huge wrench in everything. Yeah. Why don't yeah. they give well, her a public but, defender? Well, yeah. yeah. Why? Well, well then because, that is because it'll slow things down. They'll have to backtrack a lot and they're trying to not do that. I mean, remember, Lori has been in jail now for 15, 16 months. She's right. been in jail for a long time on all she of these has. charges well, that have not gone through the courts. Right. And the thing is, she had the option to keep means and she chose him. Like they don't, they can't tell her that she has to have a different attorney. Right. I mean, maybe they can, but I've wondered if they will assign a public defender as well. I keep really questioning if that's going to happen for her because usually murder trials, when you have a public defender, there are two. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other cases that I we're aware of, there are two. We have the option of asking for one, you know. Yeah. Thank you. Gary's a former paralegal. That helps a lot. Or Jerry. Every time. I have to ask every time. Jerry. Jerry. And we appreciate that very much. Yeah. So I I would think that they could. And I know in Bonneville County, in other murder cases we've had where they've had a public defender, they've had two. Mm -hmm. Because it's a huge job. I suspect that means could ask for a second. I just wonder if he doesn't want one. Because we all know 
what kind of ego this dude has, you know? And so yeah. is it that he's choosing not to have one? Or is it simply that uh, he uh, doesn't know how to fill out the form to ask for one? I mean, I know that sounds hilarious, but it's, it's a legit question at this point. It is, because we've seen that already. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, Jerry and Cranky, you know, it's a valid point. Is she keeping means mm-hmm. so that she can, you know, claim inadequate mis- uh, representation after the fact? Maybe. But the hard part here is that she's, you know, continuously choosing him as her attorney mm-hmm. yeah. and chose him again, you know, when he was when she went indigent, chose him again when she was charged with first degree murder. So it's a little hard, to, you know. That yeah. might be a little tough to prove at this point because she's had some opportunities here. Yeah. Yeah. So Brandy had said, do you really think that he can go through that? Through 50,000 pages of discovery. Right. I can't it's imagine. This is why this has been pissed because he mm. keeps saying, you're sending me all of this, but you're not telling me the pieces you're using. Right. And I only yeah. want to see the stuff you're using so that I can prepare my case against that. And the he state says, for all these we don't have to do that. This, yeah. Here you go. Yeah. 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 If it, if it is a death penalty case, I bet they get a team real quick. I think so too, Jerry. I think so too. But even this is still murder one. This is still life in prison, mm-hmm. even if it isn't death penalty, but we'll see. We don't have, you know, time, time will tell on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. There's so much crazy going on right now. Yeah. She basically gets an instant appeal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, unless there are, unless they plead. I mean, I, I still keep feeling like, are they really going to go all the way through trial with this? Yeah. With what we know they have. And that's just a drop in the bucket. Yeah. You know, if there's so much still to come. And it's hard to imagine that they would, but everything that has happened here has been a drop or has been hard to imagine. You know, right. I mean, true. there's nothing weird in this case anymore. It used to be something would happen and we'd be like, my God. And now we're like, yeah, Mark Means is at it again. Or, yeah, okay, no this is something there. else they, they did, you know. Do you think they could testify against each other? Yeah, they could. Yeah, they totally can. Mm-hmm. They could. Uh, the crimes happened before they were married. And so that, that helps to take away that, uh, you know, that marital protection, but also in Idaho, there is no protection, uh, on those, uh, lines if the case involves a child. So they don't have any marital protections really. They sure don't. And they're co-conspirators. So yeah, yeah. they can. Yeah. Um, if it becomes death penalty, doesn't she have X amount of uh, automatic appeals? Yes, yeah. of course they do. Yep. There are um, death penalty af- appeals. Mm-hmm. Is she faking to go to a hospital? I don't think so. I yes don't. No, you know, right. there's a, yeah, there's a part of her that's like, I know if I, you know, act real crazy, I'm going to end up, you know, that's going to help me. Mm-hmm. But then there's this other part of her that still, from what we are hearing, really truly believes in mm-hmm. Chad and as, as a God and that she's a God and that the kids were zombies mm-hmm. and, you know, all the crazy stuff from the beginning that she still really believes that. And so she doesn't, 
She's not processing you're being charged for murdering your children, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she's been locked up for quite a while. And that I think has taken its toll on her. And that's a part of what's happening here. What we're seeing is that, you know, she's pretty messed up from being locked up for the last 16 months and everything she thought was going to happen didn't happen. Now Mm -hmm. I know that some of you guys think this was all just about the money, you know, and that it had nothing to do with all these weird beliefs. I disagree. I think she absolutely does to be true. I do. I think so too. It it fits her ego so well. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she does have a personality disorder, I think. And so she sort of became this identity. This gave her this identity and she can't let go of it because she doesn't have anything to fall back on, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) So then the whole time she's in prison, she could go to online school and become her own attorney. Well, I mean, technically, yeah, she could. She could. Uh, Would she be able to pass the bar and like be a real attorney? Probably no. But would she, you know, have some law under her belt? A lot of people do that actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. So, and was it partly about money? Of course it was. They needed money to fund all of their bullshit, you know, they needed the money to, you know, raise the 144,000 and to uh, gather their people and build their tent cities. And oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh Yeah. So Brandy says, can, can they ask to postpone the trial because they haven't been able to look through all the evidence? Oh, yeah. And they've already done that in the first one. Oh, yeah. That's already they, happened. They'll do it again. There's no mm-hmm. guarantee that that trial date's actually going to stick. It'll never happen. We it's will not see start. this go to trial until 2022. There's no way. Yeah. When they said 20, when they said it in November, I was like, eh, I really don't think so. Because. Get moved. Yeah. I mean, they don't get discovery till July 15th. And then right. the. um the uh then we'll see a motion to dismiss and then yeah. we're going to see a motion to move the case, the whole trial and we'll have to go through that piece all over again right that hasn't even happened in the first one and the first one has to be tried like there is too much happening there yeah. will be some changes without there a will. doubt yeah well and okay so the joinder so what the the things the cases that are joined are the original charges that got them in jail which is Destruction of destruction and concealment of evidence and conspiracy to destroy and conceal evidence, mm-hmm. literally referring to the children's bodies. That's what yes. got them held initially. Those cases, those charges have their their cases are joined. These yeah. first degree murder cases not joined. Yeah. So that's going to end up getting unjoined and then those are going to get rolled into this or just dismissed because they've got the first degree murder charges now. Mm-hmm. Something like that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, in the next dismissed, People are going to lose their minds. I know, but it, it really does make me wonder, so, like, why yeah. are they going to why are they going to prosecute them for that when they're literally prosecuting them for conspiracy to commit the murders, which, of course, in the act of that, they did this, you know, they did um, conceal evidence and destroy mm-hmm. evidence. So I think it'll be dismissed, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And yes, yeah. people will go bonkers if that happens. So yeah, but. all the first degree murder charges and conspiracy charges, their cases are not joined. And that's why, you know, um, she's been found incompetent. She's, you know, headed off to a hospital for a while and they're moving forward on his case because they are not connected. And I don't so, think they will be. Right. So 
So there's been a lot of talk about the relationship between Lori and me. What does yeah. it all mean? <laughs> Too bad I did there. That was on accident. Ooh. But <laughs> so there's been lots of theories. Is means you know trying to get a little something out of Lori. Well, he hasn't gotten it yet because he can't even have a face to face without glass at this point. Right. Uh, he did ask for, you know, complete alone time, private alone time with her while she's in the hospital, which was a very weird and gross request that the prosecutor called absurd and inappropriate. Indeed. Yes. Uh, but how does Lori see chat or, or see means? So some of you guys feel like she sees means as an appeal on, you know, an appeal walking because he's mm -hmm. awful. I not sure I believe that. And here's why. Lori is a very typical Mormon woman in yes. that she is looking at men. Now, don't come for me. I know not all Mormon women are like this, but I'm looking at pretty typical uh, historical women in the Mormon church who right. are very much admonished to, raised to, and led to believe that the men in their lives are the all, all be all and end all of the authority. Yep. They hold the cards. And at some point, Charles quit being the authority to her. And Chad started being the authority. And she stopped listening to Charles and started listening to Chad. This mm -hmm. we know, right? And so right. I think that means it's the same way. I feel Thank like you. she looks at him like he's the authority. He knows. I also think that she's prayed about it and that God has confirmed to her that means is her attorney means is the one that will save her. That means is called. I fully believe that one of her beliefs is that he has been called to be her lawyer to help move her through this time. I can Absolutely. almost hear this flowing out of her journal pages, you know? Oh, yeah. So that's Absolutely. where I see Lori. Now, does means have a thing for Lori? Oh, I think so. I, I There's a real savior complex here in him. Oh, that there is there so is much. One. And the uh, the want and need for fame from this case. I mean, yeah. he's already done interviews on court TV. So inappropriate. But to me, that's what this real relationship really is. Mm -hmm. so, and, and you're right, Cranky. She is very manipulative. Very manipulative. Oh, heck yeah. But she still yeah. has been trained from, from the beginning mm -hmm. to see men as, as an authority and someone mm -hmm. who will come and save the day. Not all men. Not all men. Understand right. that. We're not talking about every man she comes across. Right. Certain men. And this is part of her bullshit, her weirdness, you know. She is yeah. attaching to some men as the authority, the ones, the chosen ones. I promise you, she has prayed and prayed and prayed about this, and this is the answer she's gotten. Right. This is this is typical of what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, Brandy also says the golden vagina is shining through that jumpsuit yes. or hospital gown. And mm -hmm. yes, it is. Yes, mm -hmm. it is. You betcha. You bet it is. And do you think at uh, the hospital that she'll be batting those eyelashes and trying to charm the men around her? You bet she will. She's Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. 
lived another whole lived. life. She yeah. Does. Yeah. The 144,000 is a really interesting belief. It is a Pentecostal belief, mm -hmm. uh, but it's also, and it's not really a Mormon belief. But no, it's also it's a witness belief and a few other uh, religions as well. We did a report just recently about Love Has Won. They're a, a cult whose uh, leader died recently. Mm -hmm. The woman they called Mother God. It was actually in our Patreon, so you may, may or may not have seen it. But right. uh, they also were gathering the 144,000. So that's some yeah. kind of weird cult stuff going on these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That everybody thinks they're the chosen. Yeah. Is it true that Mormons can't drink caffeine? Yes. It's specifically coffee. Yeah. Coffee and tea. They drink cold caffeine now, all the time. But is it caffeine? Or is it not? It's a very okay. innocuous belief. And they basically say that, um, you know, they can't drink hot. They call them hot drinks, which a lot mm -hmm. of people in, in you know, years later have, have meant, thought that meant alcohol because Mormons don't drink alcohol either. Mm -hmm. They also drink, don't drink coffee or tea unless it's herbal. Mm -hmm. So that's been taken to mean caffeine. Except that ca Mormons swill down all the cold caffeine you can get a yeah. get a handle on. There's oh, no yeah. rhyme or reason to it. But drinking coffee mm. is looked at as being a really bad thing. It is confusing. It's a very strange thing. It's a controlling thing for sure. We were literally uh, raised that coffee was like evil. Bad. When we and yet were people kids, that coffee were evil. Were bad. That were that bad. Was a really really bad thing. Yeah. When we, we of were course kids, drink gallons now. Yeah. <laughs> When we were kids, our grandparents drank postum. Postum is this uh, roasted wheat, ground roasted wheat situation that's kind of like coffee. Because we were yeah. born, where we were born in the winter, it could get, when we were kids, as cold as 40, 50 below. And the snow banks would get much taller than the houses. So, of course, they were drinking hot drinks, for Christ's sake. You know, they were trying to stay right. warm, but... Anyway, postum. Well, yeah, we were raised on yeah, postum. Post oh, it's awful. It's awful. Although, yeah. after our grandma died, mm -hmm. we found her postum bottle in her cupboard. Mm -hmm. It was the oldest postum bottle I've ever seen in my life. And when I unscrewed yeah. it, you know what was in there? Instant crystallized coffee. coffee. <laughs> I wonder yeah. how long she was pulling that wool over our eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a really interesting thing. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hot chocolate's fine. Yeah. They're actually like Rexburg. Do you guys still have that hot chocolate place? It's like a coffee bar, except that they only make hot chocolate. Well, okay. So they had, when they first opened, there was this cute place. It was a cupcake place and they right. did hot chocolate, but they had a, like a grinder. So they were grinding the cocoa beans and yeah. making the coffee just like you would an espresso machine. And yeah. that was not okay. They had one here and they had one, one of these little shops in Provo as well by uh, Brigham Young University, Utah. Mm. And pretty soon they were still doing cupcakes and they were still doing hot chocolate, but that whole espresso machine situation was gone. Yeah. They it was a little too real. On that. I got to mm. tell you though, that hot chocolate that came out of that espresso machine was damn fine. I had some and I was like, hey, they're on something here. It yeah, was it looked, it looked yeah. 
But yeah, okay. none of it makes any sense at all. You guys right. don't try to right. she was don't try to make sense of it because it doesn't. Well, and you can't make sense of what Lori was doing because she was picking no. and choosing the rules. I mean, she was cheating, right? Mm-hmm. She was doing all this, you know, behind the scenes stuff. She stole all that money from Charles. Like she was doing a lot of stuff that the church also frowns on. Yes. But she also had re- decided that she had ascended above the rules. Remember yes. that? Yes. She wasn't having to follow the rules anymore. She wasn't wearing her garments. She wasn't really following the rules because she had ascended above that level into the level of Godhood where right. you don't have to follow those lowly rules. Which that in and of itself does make her delusional. Mm-hmm. Um, just from a like mental health standpoint. Yeah. That is, that's, that's what it means to be delusional. And so that's what they're looking at with her here is that she is very delusional. Yes. Does she have a personality disorder? 10, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. But yes. that doesn't mean she won't stand trial. No. You know? That doesn't mean she won't stand trial. No, because all they have to do, they don't have to make her not delusional. All mm-hmm. they have to do is get her to a point where she understands what she's been charged with and mm-hmm. can assist in her defense. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, Mm-hmm. They're, they're not going to fix everything. Right. Because like, honestly, so, having those kinds of beliefs, if you look at that just from a logical standpoint, all religions have beliefs like that. Yeah. And so we don't consider that to be mental illness. Mm-hmm. But when it's to the point of your kids are murdered, you're charged with first degree murder of them, you can't process that, then it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Well, and so to put it in perspective, at least here in Idaho, um, a couple of other cases, we've shared this before, but I think this will help kind of tie this up. So we covered that case about the guy that was murdered in Clayton, Idaho, like 50 years ago, right? Yes. And very recently, last year, the man who killed him had been hiding out in Texas for the last like 50 years. Yeah. And his common law wife died and his dad dementia ass was dropped on the stepdaughters who hated him and they started going through his papers and figuring out that he wasn't who he said he was they did an internet search they figured out that he was a wanted killer they got him caught they brought him back to idaho he was deep in dementia he was in his late 80s he looked like he was already dead oh my gosh he looked like he was decaying from the inside out it was bad and, you know, psychiatrists uh, agreed he, there is no way he can stand trial. He cannot assist with his defense. He cannot understand the charges against him. And they did put him in Blackfoot South and he lived there for about a year and a half and he died just recently. Yeah. He never went to trial. He never would have because no. he wasn't expected to get better because no. he had dementia. Right. That's when people don't end up going to trial. Right. Now, on the flip side, in 2016, a woman drove from Montana to Rexburg, to a little yep. suburb of Rexburg, and marched into her parents' house and shot and killed her stepdad yep. and climbed back in her car and headed back to Montana. Yeah. Well, this woman was schizophrenic and had yeah. been uh, unmedicated for some time and had was having a psychotic break. And she believed the demons in her head that were telling her that her stepfather was a threat to her children. Her, her they mother were raising her children. Were raising her children. Yeah. So she got it in her head that she had to go and kill him to end whatever she thought was happening. Right. So she got picked up, you know, about 30 miles from here, brought back to the Madison County Jail, and they discovered, oh yikes, 
she is completely out of it. She yeah. has completely detached from reality. She has yeah, no idea she, what happened. She had a psychotic break. Mm-hmm. So what did they do? They sent her to Blackfoot South and they medicated her. And they took about 90 days to spiff her up, just like they're doing with Lori. Yep. And guess what? They sent her back here. And at that time, then she, this was in her case, she was brought back to, you know, reality. She was horrified about what she had done and heartbroken. She actually pled guilty and is now in a women's penitentiary here in Idaho serving out her sentence. Yeah. Uh, But those, that's the difference between, you know, these kinds of cases Lori's sure. no different. She no. will, and it is possible they'll medicate her. It's very possible. Oh, they definitely but, will. Yeah. <laughs> They're definitely going to medicate her. And yeah. she'll be okay to come back. Yeah. And just What's her name? I don't know, JR, off the top of my head. I'll have to research it. I can't remember. She had a really strange last name, and I can't remember it. Mm-hmm. But they yeah. will medicate Lori, and Lori does not have a choice because she is committed. Mm-hmm. She has to comply with medication and treatment yeah mm-hmm. yeah right she doesn't get to say oh sorry i'm i don't take medication nope. yeah no she sorry, doesn't bro, in that situation yeah yeah so you know yeah. we're gonna see a uh, lot jessica of consular thank you cheryl yep yes that's right jessica Consure. that was her name it is that's such a sad case a terrible so sad, sad. Case. yeah 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 but it does, I think you're right, it does illustrate very well kind of what that means and how that can have an impact on, on this case. Yeah. Now, the first look is 90 days. Mm-hmm. If in 90 days, the new psychological evaluations come back and say, yeah, she's still not there. The next look is 180 days. Right. So it would really put things off. I don't really think we'll get there. I feel like this 90 days will do do the job and we'll see Miss Lori back. Right. We will. And the thing is, this has no impact on Chad's case at all. He could be completely, his case could be done and over and he's serving his prison time. Right. Before, you know, the, if, if she takes some time, mm-hmm. uh, that'll be fine. They'll go th- all the way through Chad's stuff without her. Mm-hmm. What about Ronnie O'Neill saying he had to go to a mental hospital? Okay. I can't off the top of my head remember who Ronnie O'Neill is. I can't either. I was hoping you knew because I don't. (laughs) But, you know, and every state's different with these kinds of rules. This is just Idaho. Mm -hmm. And some states actually allow for an insanity defense, um, Mm -hmm. which we don't. Yeah. And so no matter what, Lori's not getting out of anything. No. She will still stand trial. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It's on. It's happening. Mm -hmm. It will. Yeah, it's just the, these kinds of things take a lot of time. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're just you know we're we're impatient. We want some justice, right? That's our human nature. We want justice right. for the kids yeah. and for Tammy, and you know we'll see that. It's just it is going to take some time. Yeah. And if we aren't used to means pulling bullshit and shenanigans by now, we should be. You know, mm-hmm. these, these are things. But here's the thing. If it's there's the nature chance, of the defense attorney. Absolutely. But if there's any chance that Lori's not fit to stand trial, we want her to receive this treatment. We Definitely. want everything to be done correctly because we don't want this fool back anywhere in the world. We want her no. to stay locked up for the rest of her life, which she right. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. So this is the best possible outcome. 
Did Lori slip to Arizona? Alex and poison or Arizona and poison Alex? I think it's possible. Maybe. I think it's possible. She there was a weird lapse there between uh, where they were, you know, at, at certain times. And I feel like it's possible that she was in Arizona at that time. I'm not There's right. There's also Pestas. And did Alex have life insurance? Nobody has said so, but my gut feeling is that yes, he did. Probably, but yeah, you know, Zulema Pastenis was Alex's wife for about two weeks. Mm-hmm. Zulema Pastenis lawyered up a long time ago. She has some kind of a, a deal. And so there's a lot we don't know about her and, um, you know, about what her involvement is. Right. And she did testify she, in the grand jury. Mm-hmm. She did lawyer up the day Alex died. Like within oh, yeah. an hour. Like immediately. Hours. Yeah. 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 yeah, when the police were there serving a warrant, she was like, I need to call my attorney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Moonbeam says, I saw yesterday's video about Legion or Poe. Thank you for talking about Slab City. I live in California and had no idea that place even existed. Yeah, you know, we've really had, we've had some good help um, from anonymous uh, sources on that because I didn't know that there was... I didn't know all of these things about that place either. So yeah, that's something we want to kind of keep an eye on and continue to cover because it's definitely um, an unsafe place and it is a, a, a priority of ours to cover uh, murders in the LGBT community and particularly yeah. tr- the trans community. Um, that was also an MMIW case. So, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Trisha, you're catching me up. Yes, I do know something about this case, not a lot. Yeah. So he Oh, and questioned his son. Questioned right. his son in court. Yeah. Yeah. That they somehow horrifyingly allowed that to happen. It was horrifying. Yeah. yeah. We should really we'll we'll cover that whole case. It deserves it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why did Chad and Lori want Melanie and Alex to marry so quickly? Oh, it was all about being a part of the 144,000. When you're part of the 144,000, you have to be a couple. Mm-hmm. And so they needed to be married and not only married, but married to the right people. Because remember, mm-hmm. Melanie was not married to the right guy the first time with Brandon Boudreaux. So had to remarry quickly mm-hmm. um, Ian Pulowski. Yeah. And uh, Alex had not been married. So it was all about that 144,000 thing. Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't they televise the grand jury proceedings on this case on Zoom? Uh, Grand juries are sealed. Yep. This was a secret grand jury. It was sealed. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Honestly, I feel they opted to do it this way because they had people um, testifying who I feel like were uncomfortable doing so publicly, Mm -hmm. including Chad's children. Well, but also there is there was the already on the table charges, right? And so right. they really couldn't do a public grand jury because if they did, all of that evidence would be released and taint the jury pool for the right. charges. Because what if the grand jury said no? And they put all of that stuff out there. Now we have to try and find some a public that has not already been tainted by all, of, all the, of this. Yeah, everything that came out in the grand jury for all of the conspiracy charges. So it just didn't, uh, 
yeah, it didn't click. They they couldn't that they couldn't do that. They had to protect the ca- the cases that are already pending. Yeah. yeah. Because if the grand jury said, no, there's not enough evidence here, that would have really screwed up what they were already doing. And again, these people have got to be accountable in some way. It has to happen. Right. Uh, Do we think at any point in time, Lori would have killed Chad? Uh, Yeah, sure. If she found Mm -hmm. another man that became her God. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She seemed like uh, husbands were pretty much disposable to her. Yeah. Uh, Zulema thinks that she can create earthquakes. She may have been conspiring with Lori to get rid of Alex after he blabbed Melanie Gibb. Yes, see, there's a lot of question here about the timing around when Alex died and what he may have said or was preparing to say mm-hmm. um, about what had happened. It, it, we really feel that his use, he wore out his welcome as far as he was useful as long as he could be, mm-hmm. as far as being their enforcer. Well, and he was a bad hitman, right? Yeah, he was. He did kill Charles, and they did get away with that one, at least to this point. But then he shoots at Ian Pulowski and misses. And then he shoots at Tanny and misses. Mm-hmm. What good was he to them? Uh, none at that point. I mean, he did now, obviously, obviously participate he in the murder of the yeah. kids. but Yeah. And yes, Melanie Gibb is already divorced from David Warwick. And that was quick. Mm-hmm. That didn't last long. No, yeah. it didn't. It didn't. And there's just, um, there's been some interesting um, videos going around on social media. Of oh, yeah. Sorry, a Cheryl, nanny. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of, of a nanny who she was Melanie and Brandon Boudreaux's nanny before all this stuff kind of went down, before they broke up kind of interesting but she doesn't give any information she didn't know Lori. she didn't know anything about this she was sort of pre all of this insanity yeah yeah mostly (laughs) moderate uh, hitman yes jr he was a moderate hitman hitman, for sure yeah two for four yeah and i misspoke not ian polowski that he shot at he shot at brandon 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 boudreau yes yeah and alex was a blabbermouth yeah he was he was saying Mm -hmm. things to people and I, I do feel that they I really do feel that they got rid of him because mm-hmm. he wasn't safe. No. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh let's see. Yeah, Zach Cox. Zach Cox has a lot to say. And I know some people yes. think Zach is Zach is a little shit too. I kind of don't. I'm very interested in what Zach has to say. Mm-hmm. Zach was a kid. You guys have to remember he was a freaking kid. Yeah. You know, he wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, he he was living with his weird, crazy aunt because he needed somewhere to go. Right. And all of the dysfunction and weird stuff in their life, he was probably ignoring 90 percent of it and playing Xbox. You know, I mean, he exactly he, he was 18, 19 years old. Yeah. He you, you just can't. Yeah. But now for him, Zach is Lori's brother, it. if you're wondering. Yeah. No, no, no. Zach is is Lori's nephew. Oh, nephew, I mean. Yes, that's yeah. right. Nephew. Nephew. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was living with Chad and Lori. Or, or sorry, God. So Lori many people in this. Lori and Charles. Lori and yes, so Charles many names. In the early spring of uh, the year that Charles died in 2019, he was living with them for a time and was living there at the time that Lori 
essentially, you know, threw Charles out by stealing all of his stuff and stealing his truck and stealing $35,000 out of his business bank account. You might have remembered seeing the uh, cop cam videos of the police, you know, not really helping Charles while he's trying to break into his own house. And at that time, he didn't know where the kids were. He didn't know where Lori was, where his stuff was. Melanie Gibb helped with that. The bishop helped with that. It looks like it's likely that Jason Mao helped with that. You know, she had everybody pretty sucked in. That's back when he decided to divorce her and told his legal team, and they actually have, you know, a, a legal briefing on this, that he said, if anything ever happens to me, it was Lori and Alex. They killed me. And then she really polished up the old golden vagina and sucked mm. him back in. And yeah. by about March, those uh, divorce proceedings were dropped. And then, you know, by the first part of July, Charles was dead. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Crazy. Yeah. I want to see JJ's bio parents. What's the story behind that? You know, they have been completely silent. They, mm -hmm. I, I think they're just letting Kay and Larry Woodcock really speak for that part of the family. Yeah. And they have really not. I don't know that either of them are really in the, uh, in a good, strong place uh, in their own health and mental no. health. Yeah, they stuff. weren't to begin with, which is why JJ was adopted. Do you think there is something sexual going on between Lori and Alex? I do. I have questioned I that like from that. the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, that there was something there. there. They had a very strange relationship, and it did feel very incestuous to me. Yeah. Yeah. Do we think that either Melanie's could be charged? Yeah. It's very yeah. possible. It's possible they, they both could. I read an article recently, just a few days ago, that there's talk that uh, Melanie Pulaski might actually be charged in Arizona. Um, you know, they've talked about that they are looking at charging Lori with conspiracy to murder Charles. And they're looking at possibly charging Melanie uh, Pulaski. Mm -hmm. in that as well that she yeah. was fully aware yeah yeah okay there's grieve jj but it seems not to uh be able to grieve charles uh, yeah i think that's true it's just all happened so damn fast you know yeah. and remember that charles has two adult sons too yes that are grieving their dad yeah yeah Lori well, seemed to have a lot of power over alex she did she did she yes. had a ton of power over Alex. Yeah. I just wanted to say, too, on, on that front about Charles, that Colby also has been really, really hurt by Charles's death. Charles mm -hmm. and Colby were really close. Colby yeah. loved Charles. He was his dad yeah. in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, raised him up through his teenage years when he needed a man or an yeah. adult. I don't want to say man. That seems unfair. But, you know, he needed him. Yes. And... He was really, really hurt. And also because Lori lied to him, too, when Charles died. Right. I mean, she took her, his entire family away from him. Mm -hmm. It's it's yeah. really sad. Yeah. Well, well, you know, there was a fight. Some neighbors report that at some point in the last couple of years or so, there had, was a horrible fight between Alex and Lori in the middle of the street. Yes. And that she was screaming at him that he was destroying their family name and that he was bringing shame on them. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But we know that he was traveling to Costa Rica and to other uh, South American countries. There's been a lot of speculation about what he was doing there, if these were Mm -hmm. what kind of meetups he was going on. He himself said in one of his comedy videos that he was gay. Mm-hmm. And so, but he was, he must have been bi because he was uh, engaged to a woman for a time too. He was. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I do think that he was bi and I, I suspect that he was having gay relationships and that's what she was so mad about. I've mm-hmm. always felt that since yeah. I first learned about that fight, that was my first hit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I think so. And yes, I think, the, the Woodcocks have been there for Colby, to, by yeah. what we can see. It wasn't that long ago that Colby, a, a good friend of mine, texted me and said, I'm in JB's right now having lunch, and Colby and Woodcocks are all here eating lunch, and there is a film crew filming them visit yeah. lunch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That made me laugh. Well, that was during the grand jury. Yep. Yeah, it was. Cheryl says, I think that was when Alex told the Bishop Lori talked to Jesus. Yeah. That was around that time of that fight as well. There were a lot of things going on. Um, but yeah, he did have pretty loose lips when it came to talking about what was going on around them. He didn't seem to have a good filter about what sh- he should say and what he shouldn't. Mm-hmm. She wanted Alex to shut up about her visions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the vision stuff was getting pretty wackadoodle. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you guys, this case is going to go on forever. We're going to have these conversations forever. We're going to have voluminous conversations (laughs) about this case. I'll go pick up my pantine. Yes. Pick up your pantine. And, you know, we're just doing the best that we can to represent this case. And also to always remember why we are, which is Tammy, JJ, Tylee, Joe. And Charles. And Charles, you know, these are innocent people who were murdered in this mess. And some of them there will be some justice for and some there won't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The Woodcocks are also close with Ian Pulaski's ex-wife, Natalie. Yeah, they are. (laughs) I saw that. They were sitting in court together. Yeah. Can we just pause for a minute and just marvel about what a badass Natalie Pulowski is? Seriously. Uh, yeah. If she it weren't is. for Natalie Pulowski's willingness to ask a lot of questions, involve herself, take the information she had to the police, we might not be here now. Yeah. Like she is a key part of this case in some she really is. interesting ways. Yeah. And she has all of my respect. All Me too. She yeah. knew immediately. This sounds like some crazy bullshit. So if you don't know, I know some of you guys are not as close to this case as we are, and you might not know what we're talking about. So Natalie Pulowski, she and Ian got divorced, and Ian was a batterer. I mean, there's he has a record for being a batterer. He was not a super-duper good guy. No. When they got divorced, very quickly after, he has this new girlfriend that he met, guess where? In Rexburg, in the little housing complex, or didn't. There's lies about that, so I don't know. Sure. Right, but we don't know. He, he meets Miss Melanie Pulowski, who's living in Boudreaux. these townhomes, Boudreaux, yeah, by her Aunt Lori. And she's going through an ugly divorce, and she is here kind of just uh, flailing in the wind. So suddenly, these two are engaged. Like, it happened super fast. Yeah. So Melanie Pulowski's like, 
who is this woman who wants to spend time with my kids? Like, I don't know about yeah. that. Because yeah. they had children, right? So she starts asking lots of questions. Well, on their wedding night, Melanie spills all of this tea to Ian about all of these beliefs that she has and that yeah. her aunt has and that, you know, these people that she's consorting with have. And he's really pretty gobsmacked because he didn't know. Yeah. And he shares a bunch of it with Natalie. And then he gives <laughs> Natalie a computer that he had. Uh, and he also was uh, giving the FBI some information for a little while, too. He was, yeah. But he gives Natalie a computer as a part of whatever, you know. Well, on that computer is a bunch of uh, information that he's written down about stuff that Melanie has told him that concerns the hell out of Natalie. Yeah. And Natalie starts talking to Ian's mom and telling her how concerned she is. And she doesn't really want her kids around this person. It's all really right. a weird situation, you know, and at any rate, uh, so they kind of come together on, you know, this isn't right. Something has to be done. So Natalie takes that computer to the police and says, hey, uh, you might want to see this because this is about the time that it, the news finally breaks in Rexburg that there's two missing children. So this is where Natalie goes, yeah. holy shit. Okay, yeah. I have to do something. So yep. that's that. That's what she did. And, you know, then gave some interviews with the police and, you know, just, just helped to bring some clarity and a lot of the stuff that that letter said or that journal entry or whatever it was, you know, supposed to be from Ian really helped put the police in the right uh, direction towards looking at the right people and, and starting to yeah. put some pieces together. So, yeah, huge respect for Natalie Pulowski. It was really yeah. courageous. She goes up to Absolutely. court now. She shows up with the Woodcocks. It's really, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It is. There have been some real badass women in this situation that have just pushed and pushed until somebody yeah. paid attention. And that's really awesome. Yeah. Well, you guys, we are out of time. Yeah. But this has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for being here with us and uh, talking with us. We love that part of doing what we do to get to have these conversations. Yeah. We will be back tomorrow night for another live stream. This is yeah. the Psychic Hour. It's at 7 p.m. Mountain. We'll be right here on a little different topic. This is when we switch from true crime to psychic stuff and do some readings in the chat. But we're looking forward to that with all of you. You bet. And yeah. it's also tomorrow is Katie's birthday and she's going to be here for the live stream. So you we can I most am. definitely tell her happy birthday. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. I'm excited. I, uh, tomorrow on the other show that I do on Thursdays over at one, two radio, my co-host is a good friend of mine and we have a lot of fun together on the radio. We, we are doing uh, radio theater. We are acting out one of our favorite episodes of the golden girls. <laughs> going to have that a hilarious birthday freaking yeah. funny yeah mm -hmm. that, that's gonna be worth <laughs> listening to so that's over at one two radio and the show's called uh, it's show called read me read me read with katie and kelly and what yeah. time it's at 10 a.m pacific and uh, 11 a.m mountain and we'll also live stream that from domestic mystic here on youtube as well ah. 
So it'll go. be a cluster, I'm sure, but it's going to be really funny. It'll be super but, funny. So you don't yes, want to Cheryl, No sleeping in. Someone has to get their shit together and not just make the pros have to wake them up because they want their right. breakfast. Got to be getting out of bed, getting going. Absolutely. I've got to become Rose. And uh, who am I? I'm Dorothy and Rose. <laughs> yes, you're Dorothy and Rose. I saw that. That's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, you know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Take care.